Hey guys, this episode of Brown Girl White Coat is sponsored by Pixarize. So Pixarize is a video service for both the MCAT and Step 1 that has these awesome memory hooks to help you remember the major parts of disease processes, biochemistry, so much more. I was seriously just watching their MCAT videos on mechanoreceptors to help me study for this big test I have coming up called the CBSE or the end of basic sciences exam. And I've already mentioned this, but the genetics videos have been especially helpful for me. So for a limited time, PixRise is giving anyone who signs up through my link in the show notes or in my bio on my personal Instagram, a free subscription to their MCAT platform. So sign up today through that link and maybe actually remember things when your exam comes around because of these awesome memory hooks and just high quality videos. But hey, welcome back to the episode. My name is Sai, like a sigh of relief, and I'm a medical student, a second year medical student, about to hit the wards or go to my clinical rotations at Baylor College of Medicine here in Houston, Texas, and I am detailing every part of my medical journey here. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. It's going to be a little bit of a q and I'll kind of explain more, but let's just get into it. So before we get into today's episode, just wanted to remind you guys that if you haven't already, go ahead and leave a rating and review and follow us on Spotify and all that stuff on Apple Podcasts. And that really, really helps us out. So if you like the podcast, you like what you're hearing, you like my voice every other week or so, definitely leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps me out so much. And if you haven't followed me already on Instagram, that is the best place to reach out to me, whether it's uh, seeking advice, whether it's to participate in Q&As like we're going to be doing on today's episode, uh, follow me on my personal Instagram at Saibear, S-A-I-E-B-E-A-R. And we also have a podcast Instagram and it is at Brown Girl White Coat Pod. It's a lot of words, um, but it's all there. And that's the best place to stay updated with everything to do with the podcast, whether there's new guests coming up, a giveaway, um, which I just finished up a giveaway this past month. And it was really fun to just give back to you guys and I don't know just kind of connect more with my listeners so that was really fun make sure you do all of the things follow us on all the socials and let's just get into today's episode so I do have to warn you this episode is going to be a little bit different from previous episodes that I've done I don't have a guest here with me I am recording in my closet right now to avoid the sirens that keep coming by every now and then. Uh, I guess that's just what you get for living in a big city, but I absolutely love it. Um, So I wanted to do some reflecting on the past 1.5 years of my life, (laughs) Um, being in preclinicals in medical school at Baylor College of Medicine, and reflecting a little bit as well as answering some questions that I got through a Q&A. I actually got so many questions that I think that's going to be the majority of the episode, and I'm going to do a whole another episode that'll be the end to the first season um, of Brown Girl White Coat, and that'll be a bit of a reflection on preclinicals and just kind of an intro into what I'm going to be doing whenever I do hit clinicals and hit the wards January 6th. So that's super exciting, but I thought that we would start with some highs and lows, obviously. Um, it's been a while since I've done this. Whenever I have a guest on, I don't really make them do that. I always like to have them mention a favorite or something like that and we do different segments but now that it's just me and it's just me sitting here surrounded by all of my clothes I thought I would um, do some highs and lows. So my high for the week let's start on a high. Um, I just took the most incredible spin class today. Um, Shout out to Sherilyn. Sherilyn I think her name is. She's also a Baylor undergraduate 
grad and she just led us through the most amazing class and every time I go to spin towards the end of the year I've you know just kept hearing this mantra that the spin instructors keep telling us all of them tell us you know start your new year's resolutions today start them on you know november 25th or start them on december 3rd whenever it is when you're hearing this you know start them right away and i think that keeps you from falling off of the bandwagon later on so spin has been an ultimate favorite of mine i think i've been to about 10 classes in the past less than a month maybe like three weeks or so and it's just been keeping my head on right um and that's kind of my high. I found the time in my very annoyingly busy schedule as of lately to get out there and get a workout in. And I think half of it was the fact that I ordered way too many clothes on Black Friday, way too many workout clothes and needed a reason to wear them. But that was definitely my high. And I'm, I'm glad that I can stay on the path of balance or stay on the, um, you know, on my game whenever things are really busy. Um, but that brings me to my low, which is definitely the fact that CBSE is coming up and I am stressed. I'm just straight up not having a good time. Um, it's been a lot of self-studying uh, the past couple days. I think we had about two weeks off to study for this big exam called the Comprehensive Basic Sciences exam, which is essentially a practice step one, which is essentially everything we learned in preclinics and we have two weeks to study for it and some of the things I've never even heard of so it's pretty intimidating to kind of sum up one and a half years into studying two weeks um, and self-studying can be extremely isolating I don't really see very many people kind of on my own structuring my own days trying to schedule and plan and wake up on time go to bed on time um, just spending a lot of time at home, not the best thing. Um, I definitely like having a routine, going to school. Um, okay, maybe not going to school, but, you know, having lectures to stream, all of that stuff. And so this is kind of taking me out of my little norm um, to be studying for CBSE. But there's a lot of exciting things coming up. We do have this big ball at the end of um, after we finish that exam. So it's kind of like med prom or the EBSE ball. And I think that'll be a really good time. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people are probably feeling this extreme busyness at the end of the year. Everyone's trying to fit in exams and projects and all of that. And it's hard, <laughs> but that's my low for the week. So now I wanted to kind of jump into all of the questions that I got asked on my Instagram story. There's way more than I've ever received whenever I've done one of these polls. So I'm going to try to get to as many as possible. Um, so one of the first questions is, what rotation are you looking forward to most? And I love this question because, you know, clinics is just around the horizon. And I cannot wait. I'm so excited to just be out of the classroom. Um, so the rotation I'm looking forward to most um, I would have to say, you know, I'm kind of gunning for emergency medicine. That's kind of my thing right now. I just love everything about it, I think. Um, but we don't have that rotation until third year, so I'm going to have to wait on that one. But these core rotations that we have coming up in the next year or so, um, out of those, I think pediatrics will be amazing. I love to work with kids. I love being around kids, and I think that that's kind of where, you know, my personality shines through i'm able to you know get a full physical history all of that communicate with the the 
um, parents efficiently. And I think that I'll really shine through on that rotation. So I'm excited for that. Um, as well as, you know, just to learn on any other rotation I might not be looking forward to. Um, and I'm not particularly looking forward to something like surgery, but I think that it'll be, you know, kind of a diamond in the rough sort of situation, find a little gold at the end of the road. Um, and I'll be able to, you know, excel in something that I wasn't really looking forward to in the moment, if that makes any sense. Um, I think it'll be hard is what I'm saying. And I think it'll be long hours. So not really looking forward to it, but I think it'll be a great opportunity for growth. Um, so with that very long-winded answer, we'll go on to question number two, which is what block has been the hardest for you in terms of content? Um, so I think my answer will be greatly varied from my classmates' answers because I've talked about this so many times on my podcast that I wasn't a science major and my last year, my senior year of college, I took no science classes at all. Um, I was like barely auditing biochem. So the the greatest um, level of science that I took in college was OCHEM or OCHEM 2. And then I like kind of, you know, half-assed biochem, didn't really have a background, didn't even know what a synapse was when I came into medical school, all of the neurophys, did not know any of that. Um, and so the first two terms of first year, which are the foundations to basic sciences, essentially, were very difficult for me in terms of the sheer amount of content and just trying to adapt but then, you know, term three rolled around and we had immunology, we had neuro, micro, all of that stuff come up. And I think I really, you know, found my footing. I found the amount of studying I needed to do to get the grades that I wanted. And I was able to create a more balanced lifestyle after that. Um, so other than those two, um, I would say that in terms of content, the hardest block probably for me was maybe hemonc like hematology oncology there were just so many you know receptors cytokines all that things to memorize it was a lot of pathology so you know realizing what cells look like under a microscope which is just so you know ambiguous sometimes and you know everything looks the same under a microscope um so it was a lot of you know nitty gritty tiny details um and then second to hemonc was probably renal um lot of physiology math all of that so I think those few things were a bit difficult for me but you know everything I've I've really enjoyed learning even though it might be very difficult <laughs> um, third question is what qualities do you think are especially important for medical students to possess so great question um, I don't really know how to answer it because I think that despite medical students you know generally being type a people you know wanting similar things as each other kind of going after the same things being very goal oriented i think that the qualities that we have the things we bring to the table are completely different in all aspects you know some people might be more self-controlled some people might you know work harder some people might have you know still be relying on natural intelligence and you know they just cram at the end or some people might you know, want to prep in advance or meticulously schedule their time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if I had to pick maybe one quality, I would say self-control, possibly. Um, I think that it takes a lot of self-control 
to be in medical school. You know, it's saying no to a lot of things you might not have time for. You know, same thing as undergrad. Um, if you were pre-med and undergrad, you would, you know, have to say no to a lot of things. You're studying in the library when your friends are going out on a Friday night. And that self-control kind of crosses over into other aspects like, you know, waking up on time. If you want to maintain that work-life balance per se, you're going to have to you know, take a break from your studying and instead of just crashing on your bed, you come into your closet to record a podcast because you know it has to go up tomorrow. Um, so things like that. I think, you know, self-control, exercising that um, is a really good way to kind of prepare yourself mentally. Um, another way that I incorporate that aspect of, you know, self-control is uh, definitely with spin. So before I even started to spin, I like regularly I had been to a few spin classes and I thought that they were the hardest thing ever right like cardio not my thing I would much rather just like lift weights and not get my heart racing not be uncomfortable I'm also not the best at staying on beat especially like even even with like a musical background like that's always just been really hard for me um so I wanted to you know do the hard things so that I could get better at them Um, And that was my ultimate motivation, my initial motivation to start spin. And now it's just become this fun place where I go to like meet friends and have a good workout or whatever. But that's kind of how it initially began. Okay, so this wasn't a question um, that was submitted on my Q&A, but I've gotten several DMs about this in the past couple weeks. And I thought this would be a good central place to kind of answer it. So everyone asks me, you know, what classes should I take before I get to med school? What kinds of things in undergrad would have been really helpful to know before coming in? Um, And kind of aligned with that is what should I do this summer before medical school? So I've heard a lot of people say, you know, anatomy is really helpful to take before med school. But in my experience, I had no previous anatomy knowledge. I didn't even take, you know, honors anatomy and physiology or AP whatever in high school and I didn't even explore that in college at all and anatomy was hard for me and it was just as hard for everybody else I'm I'm sure so I think that when you get here when you get to medical school you'll have the you know knowledge base of nothing and they will kind of expect that and they will help you build on that very very quickly and with a lot of information all at once um But how much do you really remember from undergrad is my question. Um, Honestly, I didn't remember a whole lot from my science courses and I still needed refreshers on nearly everything. And I think that the medical school faculty and staff, they know that that's the case and they kind of start at the beginning um, during those foundations courses. And I think you'll be just fine if you have absolutely no medical background at all. I didn't even take the MCAT guys. So I literally had no medical background or knowledge. Pretty much everything that I knew about the medical field had come from clinical experiences. Um, So I don't think there's anything necessary to take things that could have been helpful, maybe slightly. It's hard to say how much they would have been helpful, but uh, maybe immunology or micro, I think those things and learning how to study for that subject, just that skill of learning how to study for it would have been helpful. But honestly, I did fine. I had absolutely no background. So if you're going to, you know, go out of your way to take a really hard class when you could be doing something else with your time, definitely don't do that. (laughs) Um, 
Which brings me to the next question, what should I do this summer before medical school? And I'm probably not the first to tell you this, but probably nothing. (laughs) So I spent the summer before medical school with my family, with my friends from college, with my friends from back home, and I was perfectly happy with that. I went to India and saw my family because I knew that wouldn't happen for a few more years unless I got, you know, a really long break. So do the things that you've wanted to do but you may not have time for. I focused personally a lot on my singing that summer. I got, you know, a lot of lessons and training and yeah, and then spent quality time with my family and that was about it. So if you're looking to, you know, do something that's resume boosting, CV boosting, um, what I can tell you is, you know, you're already in and you've committed your entire life to this. So definitely, you know, do things that you love. Maybe take up a new hobby, um, find, you know, those little hobbies and de-stressing moments that you're going to use and incorporate into your life once you actually start, you know, learning the curriculum here. So this next question comes from this lovely human who sent me quite a few and sent me some on my last Q&A as well. And she just asks the best questions. So shout out to you. You know who you are. Um, This person asks, how do you think that you have or have not changed as a person since starting medical school? Um, so this is a great question because I think I've made some huge changes in my life. Um, I was a really type B person in high school and undergrad and, you know, being brown, being a woman, my older sister is also a physician now. And I think there was a lot of pressure from the parents not to do medicine, but to, you know, give it your all, be successful, be productive, do all of that stuff. And I think, that first month of medical school is when all of that kind of stuff started coming from me for a change. Um, You know, I've always needed that little bit of a push, but I think that ultimately now I can, you know, call myself a self-starter. I can, if I want to do something, I feel like I have the confidence to, you know, apply myself and find time for it and schedule and wake up early and you know be productive throughout the day and it's because medical school no one is holding your hand it's all for you it's your career ultimately and I think that I had this ultimate realization in the first month or so of medical school where I did feel a little bit of isolation you know I was trying to make friends I was trying to balance and I had this, you know, realization that I was on my own and I needed to do this for myself and no one was going to hold my hand. So I became a very type A person. And I think that, you know, just the nature of medical school has something to do with that. Um, Everyone laughs about our signups. If you're trying to sign up for electives, both clinical and preclinical electives, there's this website where all of the elective options go up. And obviously there are some that are more... uh, wanted than others and they fill up really quickly and the email goes out and you know similar things for a rotation I have coming up you can rank your sites and the furthest site for my rotation or the clinic that we have to go to is like an hour away so obviously nobody wants that and someone's going to get stuck with it so signups I guess is what I'm trying to say signups are a bloodbath and it turns you into a type a person because you know you want it Everyone else wants it. You want it as well. And so if you don't stay on top of your stuff, if you're not planning and scheduling 
and making little reminders to yourself you're going to miss out on something. And there's so many opportunities to be grasped in med school. And if you're not on top of it, you're going to miss the really important things. You're going to miss the deadlines. So I think I've really had to become more type A because of that. Hey guys, just wanted to hop on here really quickly and let you guys know about Pixarize's Step 1 platform as well. So they have very similar videos with great memory hooks also for step one for second year medical students like me and i've been using their videos religiously to prep for the cbse or the end of basic sciences exam so i use them for genetics they're really helpful in remembering dysmorphic features all of the differentiating factors between the genetic syndromes what chromosome um, certain abnormalities are on so that's been really helpful i also just recently watched the diabetes uh, pharmacology videos, which have been so helpful for me to differentiate between all of the drugs and their side effects. So if you guys are interested in signing up for a step one platform membership or just buying certain videos, I'm going to go ahead and leave Pixarize, the website and all of the links in the show notes as well. So if you're interested, definitely check them out. You can also watch some of their free videos on YouTube and decide if this visual learning aid is for you. So I wanted to also touch on another aspect of that whole self-control thing that I was speaking about earlier and how to kind of maintain that coveted work-life balance in medical school and some things that I'm doing to incorporate more of that, to incorporate more balance into my life. That was my word for, you know, the last half of 2019. And I think that I'm struggling, but I'm getting there in terms of achieving that. So I recently came across a podcast called Manifest by Tori DeSimone, and I have been just down this whole rabbit hole of words like manifesting and, you know, just learning more about the law of attraction and all of that. And as someone who loves science and is a very logical person, um, this kind of struck me as a bit weird. Uh, maybe a bit kooky, but I think that there is a lot of truth and a lot of um, benefits to incorporating this in your everyday life. So I wanted to talk about it really quickly here. And I encourage you all to go listen to her podcast episode about this as well. I will link it in the show notes. Um, But I wanted to tell you guys how I'm incorporating this whole kooky idea of manifestation in my life as well. So Um, I was introduced to this um, a week or two ago, and I immediately caught on. I was like, you know, I'm willing to try anything. I like, you know, self-improvement. I like all of that stuff. And so I wanted to explore manifestation a little bit more. So the whole idea is, you know, if you think something hard enough, it's going to lead you down the right path or get you to the right step um, that you need to ultimately achieve said goal or, you know, I'm sure you guys have quote unquote manifested something in your everyday life as well. You know, you're thinking about somebody, um, you're thinking, you know, what are they doing right now? And they text you. Um, It's just that, you know, coincidental type thing that happens. And I think that you can use it to your own advantage sometimes as well. So, so I encourage you guys all to kind of incorporate this into your everyday life. I'm going to let you know what I've done as well, but I think this is a really good way to, take on 2020 and when you're talking about your goals you're setting goals for the new year i think this is a really good way to do it so you know a lot of people talk about vision boards and i think that that takes a lot of effort so what i've done 
is I've put, you know, five major goals that I have for the new year and I put it right above my desk where I study. And some of them are personal growth, you know, some of them are related to my podcast and some of them are related to, you know, research and school things that I might be doing. So I think it's important to kind of cover all the bases and have, you know, five major goals put it up on little post-its. My post-its keep falling down, but I'm not taking that as a sign of anything at all. I just stuck them right back up with tape. Um, so definitely do that. And I think that seeing those goals every day is going to remind you throughout the year what you're working towards. And the more you think about it, the more you're willing to you know, put yourself out there to get to those goals. Um, so I'm doing kind of a not great job at explaining this whole manifestation con- concept, but I think it could be very powerful if you incorporate it, you know, into your daily life. So I remember on her podcast episode, she was talking about envisioning, you know, your ego competing with your highest self. So your ego is the person that doesn't want to get up in the morning. Your ego is the person that wants to miss another workout. Your ego is the person that can't make time for anything, that can't focus when you sit down and, you know, try to get some studying done. And your highest self is your ideal version of yourself. Does this person, you know, go to the gym? Does this person make time for their hobbies? Does this person make time for friends? Does this person say no to things when they're tired and they just need a night in by themselves? So I think that it's really important and really useful to take yourself out of the equation a little bit. And you're thinking of this other person, you know, your highest self is this other entity that you can do things for and you can try to be more like. And I think that it's a lovely way to kind of trick yourself into doing things that you need to get done. So I'm a huge fan of tricking myself. I'm a huge fan of things like this that kind of come into your life and in the name of self-improvement help you achieve your goals. And, you know, she has a spin studio as well and she's 21 and she started this business for herself. And one of her goals, one of the things she wrote down on a post-it note was she wants to see a $100,000 check from her spin studio. And, you know, in the coming year, that was exactly what she got. And I think that, you know, part of it is like whatever, coincidence, whatever. Um, But the major part of it is, you know, you're always thinking that. You're always reaching towards it. You find yourself, you know, maybe talking to a business executive that could invest in your spin studio and you put yourself out there and you're much more likely to do that because you have this written tangible goal. Um, So I think that's all I'll say about that before I get a little bit too kooky here. But I think that this concept is something that it's not new, but it's new to me. And I think I'm going to be incorporating it more and more in my everyday life. And I encourage you guys to do the same, especially with 2020 coming up. And I have a feeling it's going to be a really, really good year, not just for, you know, academic things and not just for, you know, my medical school life, but for my whole life. And speaking about balance and relationships and all of that, I think it's going to be a really productive, great year. So I hope the same for you guys as well. If you guys get to this portion of the podcast, I would love to have you guys DM me your post-it walls and I will DM you my post-it wall as well. I don't want to, you know, kind of air out all of my little manifestations to everyone, but if you guys want to have a personal conversation about it, definitely DM me and we will get each other on track with all of that as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little motivation mini-sode. I have no idea what to call these yet, so I'm just going to call that for the time being, but I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a little bit of a shorter episode so I can get back to studying, 
but I hope this answered any of the questions that you guys might have and definitely tune back in in about two weeks for another episode and then in the new year for season two of brown girl white coat so thank you guys so much for following me along on this whole journey it's been quite a ride and I'm so happy with the way this podcast has grown over the past year so thank you so much for your support and thanks for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are